Good morning, everyone. My name is Danny. I am a member of the vision team here at Urban Village Church, and I am normally a uh, member of the Wicker Park site, but today I'm filling in for Chan, um, and so thank you for having me. I am also an incoming uh, student at the University of Chicago Divinity School, so I'm, I'm pursuing ordination and, and all that stuff. Um, so my name is Danny, and I just, like, I, you all gave Jeff a lot of love, so can I I'd like get a little bit of that. I'm not ashamed to ask for applause. Okay, and so uh, today's Pride. I don't know if you all were aware of that. Um, so happy Pride to you all. And let's start with a prayer. God, thank you for gay people, for lesbians, for bisexual people, for transgender people, for queer people, for pansexual people, for non-binary people, for asexual people, for the incredible spectrum that you have created and that we reflect in our lives of you. And today, thank you for the opportunity to celebrate. Thank you for the rabble rousers, the troublemakers, the protesters, the people who weren't sure, but they came anyway, the people who came along for the ride. Thank you for all of that, for the um, work, for the experience that it takes to bring us to where we are today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So today we celebrate that diverse spectrum of gender and sexual identities that we all have. And it's so cool that we get to do that. In, in Genesis, we are taught that God made day and night and that those were good. And there's a subtext to that, which is that God also made things that are beyond day and night. God made evening and morning. God made late afternoon and early night. God made the equinox and the solstice. And all of those things were good. And so that's what we're celebrating, the many things that are good that God has made. And so there's a reason why we get to celebrate that. And it's not because we've known from the beginning of time, of our religion, of our, um, of our culture, that all of those expressions are good. It's because that has been slowly revealed to us by the work of, of activists. And so there is a long legacy that we carry today that allows us to do, to do the celebrating we're about to do right after this service. I don't know if you all are aware, but this week we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which were um, violent protests that erupted in, uh, in New York City and Greenwich Village in response to um, police uh, uh, brutality against LGBT people. And those were, um, those were not happy little, you know, silly uh, protests, those were really uh, violent manifestations. It was a really a moment where the LGBT community kind of said, we are sick of this. Um, and then it, it turned into a, many days, even a week of protests all along the city uh, in, in Greenwich Village. I don't know if you've all been to um, New York, but uh, and I was there recently, and the area around the Stonewall Inn is there's a little bit of a square, and it is um, really small. There were tens of thousands of people 
there. Some of them were LGBT people. Some of them were uh, allies. Some of them were just tourists who were curious. But you, I can uh, imagine as I was reading up on this, just how crowded and and crazy it must have been. Um, and so that was work that people did for for us, for us as uh, for those of us who are LGBT, for those of us who are allies or have LGBT people in our lives, for those of us who believe that that God made all of those things. Though that was such an important moment for us, and we get to celebrate that. And that was really one of those moments in history where we can say that was progress. And so speaking of progress, you all might have heard what's going on here in Chicago at Progress Bar. Is it, am I, have you heard about this, anybody? No? Okay. So um, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, Bars have always been a safe space, or really a courageous space, for LGBT people. Um, back, going back to the Stonewall riots, there were very few places where gay people could go and be out, other than bars. And it wasn't it wasn't like Boys Town. These were bars that were boarded up. These were bars that were owned by mafiosos, who were the only people who would let gay people into their establishments. Um, bars were these sacred places where people could go, and um, whether it was be everything that they knew that they were, whether they were fully living out their their sexual or gender identity, or if they were just trying something for the first time, just taking a tiny step. A lot of people's first times, even today, being uh, or being who God made them to be, was in a bar, and so that is true here in Chicago. And yet, as the history of um, social movements tells us, some marginalized marginalized people get left out. And so today in Boys Town, we are seeing this trend of gentrification. There are um, many ways in which Boys Town is no longer becoming the is no longer the inclusive uh, neighborhood that it once was, and the people who are getting left out of that are people of color and and the poor people. You know, I remember when I was in college, which this was I don't know five to ten years ago, and this was even before I was um, I was out. I used to come up to Lakeview. I lived in Hyde Park, and I would take the red line all the way up to Lakeview. And it would just always be amazed at and excited by how diverse it was um, and how affordable it was. Like, I mean, as a college student, not making a lot of money, and there were things that I could afford to do up there. And I live in Lakeview now, um, but I can see when I walk down the street that it's not the diverse neighborhood it used to be when I was in college. And the bars up and down Boys Town are um, no exception to that. Uh, it's it's true that over the years, the um, the spaces that once were safe for people of color, for LGBT people of color, are really no longer uh, safe. And there has been one incident that has really brought that to the to the forefront, which was a email that was leaked by the management of. Um, a bar in Chicago called Progress Bar um, to their DJs. Progress Bar really being the one place where I really could know 
if I want to go and hang out with people who have a little bit more melanin like me, that was, um, that was where I would find them. And um, this email was in response to a series of violent incidents that happened in Boys Town. Uh, the email said, I'll just, I'm just going to read this to you all. It said, for 2019, uh, we're going in a new direction, a super open format, all caps, pop dance focused atmosphere. We have implemented a, all caps, bold, no rap rule, effective immediately. This is not a suggestion, two exclamation points. If you play, all caps, rap, you will not be asked back. Anything vulgar, aggressive, or considered mumble rap, including certain Cardi B and newer Nicki Minaj, is off limits. If you are unsure if a song qualifies, assume it does and choose something else. Think Kiss FM B96, opposed to WGCI. So, you know, it's truly sad for, for us as as LGBT people, as LGBT people of color, as allies, it is truly sad to God when marginalized people are further marginalized. When um, people in power create systems or rules that keep them out. And these were people who already had nowhere else to go to begin with. And so I think However, like, that's, that's bad, but what's worse is the ways that we are blind to it. The truth is that this was not the first time an email like that has been written. This was not the first bar that has decided they don't want to play rap music to not attract a certain kind of person. And it took this email, it took this commotion on the internet, Twitter went crazy, Chicago Twitter, <clears throat> gay Chicago Twitter, uh, to, it took all of this for us to see what has been happening for the last decade or more. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we are called to see that, to name it, to call it what it is, and also to be a resurrection people to be a people of hope. And so in today's scripture that Jeff read, we heard kind of a similar story. No gay bars involved. Um, but we, what we saw is the first time a Gentile was ever baptized. A Gentile is a person who is not Jewish. So you might say that we're Gentiles. And um, this was a major kind of point of confusion for the apostles, because Jesus was Jewish, the apostles were Jewish, and being Jewish meant that they knew certain things. They knew that they were God's people. They knew that by doing certain rites, like circumcision, which is mentioned in the, uh, in the scripture, that that affirmed that they were a part of the family of Israel, that they were a part of God's family. And so Jesus was no longer there, and the apostles were trying to tell this story about this good news about how Christ had come, and they were not sure who that story was for. Was it just for the Jews, since Jesus was a Jewish person, or was it for everyone? 
And so God has a pretty clear answer to that. Uh, just before the scripture, <clears throat> God appears to Peter and reveals in a vision a giant sheet, a giant white sheet over the earth. And all of these animals with hooves, which are not kosher to eat, are on this sheet. And God says, eat from this. Peter says, no, I will not do that. That is not kosher, God. You said we're not supposed to do that. And God says, do not call unclean what I have made pure. Do you all know that verse? That's a familiar one. That one speaks so much in so few words. Do not call unclean that which I have made pure. And Peter doesn't really know what that means. But then this Gentile shows up. And then next thing we know, the Holy Spirit is descending on all these Gentiles and all these Jewish people. And Peter has a realization. He has an aha moment. He says, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit as we have. Peter had a realization that the good news, the imprint of God, the Holy Spirit is in all people, not just Jews. And so then he baptized them, which baptism is a little bit weird, I think. Um, I mean, I just taking a step back, you know, you, you sprinkle some water on somebody, or maybe you got dunked. Did, did anyone get dunked? I was, I was really submerged. Um, and then you say some words over that person, over a community, and then... It's not clear what happens. But then you hope. You hope that in some way, in some mysterious way, that God has laid a claim on you. Um, you hope that by making this symbolic gesture that you will be able to live the commandments that Jesus taught us to love God and to love one another. You hope that by doing this in a community, that um, that community will somehow become a part of you and you will become a part of them and that, um, and that you will be committed to each other in some way, but it's unclear how. All through this gesture of, of having water sprinkled on you. And so, uh, is that necessary? Is, that, is baptism necessary for having that, for having that hope? I wrote in my notes here, make sure there are no Methodist pastors. Uh, are there any? Sometimes they show up. Okay. Yes and is my answer to that question. Yes and. Um, baptism is a choice uh, for many of us, um, uh, for ourselves or for our children. And um, baptism allows us to... Uh, create a symbol of the things that we're committed to. And those, those things that we're committed to are our community, God, our families. And so you don't need a baptism to do those things. You don't need a baptism to have hope for a better world. You don't need a baptism to ha find a community that you are one with. You don't need a baptism to know that God is speaking and God has a vision for what the world could be as evidenced by the fact that 
many people in history, many people who got us to where we are today, maybe weren't baptized. But the Holy Spirit did move through them. The Holy Spirit did move through you as a baby when you were baptized, did and will. The Holy Spirit does and will and, can, and did move through the trans women of color who started the Stonewall Riots 50 years ago in the summer of 1969 in Greenwich Village. The Holy Spirit can and does and will move in you today, whether you are out at the Pride Parade or whether you are a bystander or whether you are just sitting here being an ally for the people around you who you know God made. And so there are so many ways in which we as a society, society have not lived that out. We have not believed that all people are God's children. And that is evidenced by what is happening right now in Boys Town. That is evidenced by the long legacy of marginalization that has happened to people of color and to LGBT people. And it's happening to pride, to be, to be honest. Pride is becoming whitewashed. It's becoming cis-washed. It's becoming six-pack abs-washed. It's becoming uh, Instagram influencer-washed. It's becoming washed in all these things that are perfect, that are untrue, that are exclusive to certain people. And so race and body types and disabilities and gender nonconformity are all being used as bases for excluding certain people. But it's my hope that people aren't doing this intentionally. It's my hope that people aren't saying, I actively hate those people. But rather, we have blinders. Blinders that are preventing us from seeing the fullness of God in all people. Not just the ones who look like us or who look like what we wish we looked like. And so we as um, as people who espouse progressive values, as people who, um, we, who are fighting for something better, for uh, the kingdom of God as God has revealed it to us, we need to be cautious. We need to be um, cautious that we are continuing to receive God's vision, that we are continuing to see the next marginalized person who needs to be brought into the center. We need to be continually open to God's vision of a kingdom where the circle is becoming wider and wider every morning when we wake up and when God says, here's another day. You guys can all try again. And so in this example of Progress Bar, we can and should, we are called to, name the ways in which um, that is the exclusion of marginalized people. And that is not of God. But we also can and should celebrate the fact that that space exists to begin with. Because it would not have existed the way it does 50 years ago. And we are also called to participate in the work of making the circle wider. And we as a community do that in so many ways. And you can, if you want to participate in that work, you are welcome to join us at the Pride Parade uh, right after service. If you can't make it, that's okay. We have so many other ways for you to get involved. 
you can join us for Black Pride. Uh, we're going to have a cookout next Sunday, July 7th, and the information on that will be in the e-news. Um, yesterday, we were representing at the first Southside Pride uh, event that has ever happened, and I'm sure there will be more to follow. We have our ongoing anti-racist task force who is committed to dismantling racism within and around our congregation. And that is the kind of work that we are called to do as, as resurrection people, as people of hope, as people who are receiving a vision for what the world could and should look like. And here's what we're not called to do. We're not called to participate in cancel culture. We are not called to say, that person is racist, they are evil, they are not human. We are not called to do that because that is also not of God. And so in the spirit of, of enacting change and, and um, looking for reasons to have hope, I do want to read to you another statement from Progress Bar, one of many I will admit some of them were good, some of them were not good. So, you know, forgiveness, patience, etc. From their Facebook page, many are asking who wrote the email from earlier this week and who was behind the previous decision. There is one simple answer, me. I made the decision, I wrote the email. It was a mistake and it should have never happened. I take full ownership of that. I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused. As stated earlier today, there will be no ban on rap, no, all caps, no, no ban on rap or any other genre. I know this will take much more than that to regain the trust of our diverse community, and I'm committed to work as hard as I can to do just that. So, thank God for that. Thank God for drag queens and queer people of color and non-binary people and people who are out and about and people who are just dipping their toes for the first time. Thank God for this community, this church, which is always striving to show the world what God's uh, vision for humanity can look like. And so progress is not pretty. It's not clean. Sometimes it's violent. Sometimes it erupts on Twitter. But progress is what we're working towards. Progress is what we have today as we uh, stand, sit here in this church, all of us in rainbow colors. Progress is what we are working towards as we go out in March, as we continue to do the work of anti-racism, of LGBT inclusion in the church and in the world. And so I'm glad that we have each other to do that with as we commit to the joy of joining together with our community and ushering in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.